get some plosives. Yes. And you get some sibilants. Don't know what sibilance is. Do know plosives. Say it. Say sibilance and like listen to what your mouth does though. Sibilance. Oh, it's like the sib 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 Yeah, s sounds. Yeah, that sometimes when you record them and compress them can sound really nasty. Like, like high pitched hissing, angry sounds. And plosives are the buzz and the puzz and the pippity pop pops. Yeah, they're both. They both are like halfway onomatopoeias or whatever that word is for when a word sounds like what it means. You nailed it, bro. Is that actually the word? Yeah, onomatopoeia. Oh, sick! Yeah, they're it. like half. They're like half onomatopoeias. They're just pias. <laughs> I feel like this should be how we start the episode. <laughs> Hi, right. everyone. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm Spencer. That's Ryan. Hey, little we peek behind in, the curtain here. A little. Uh, we're in lands afar. Little, uh, little peek behind the curtain. Little, uh, little on-air production meeting, if you will, about how sound works. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket, and I take. I hope they take me with them. Holy Christ! My phone's about to die, and I hope it takes me with it. Oh my God! What a what a twenty four hours or so. It's been. Uh, I'll say not great. Uh, hmm. I would I would argue miserable. Yeah, I, that sounds good. That sounds great. <laughs> Actually, I got I think like my most attentioned tweet that I've ever had from last night, which was. I just can't believe it's about to end right when everything was all getting so terrible. And yeah. for, and I think everyone was on board with that because it got way more interaction than any tweet I've like maybe ever posted. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I spent I spent most of the day uh, trying to cancel flights and shows and watching money leave my bank account in lots of lots of different ways. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. not not awesome. By the way, mm-hmm. I just really have to quickly shout out. Uh, there's a, in, a poet uh, whose name is Joseph Parker Oke, and the title okay. of their book is "My Phone Is About to Die," and I hope it takes me with it. And I use it in regular conversation because I love <laughs> that sentiment so much. Uh, but check out Joseph Parker Oke's book. Uh, uh, yeah, but no, it's it's really it's it's fucked. The whole program's yep. cocked, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I wish we had that one queued up and if, ready to if rock. We had because buttons, if you had, if we had buttons, you'd be hearing a lot of the, the not fun ones tonight. Hell, but anyway, no. <laughs> to all of this, hell no. Ryan, what's uh, on the other side of the coin? What's bringing you joy in the last week? You this, find any? See, this is uh, these are these are this the moments. This is going to be challenging. Yeah, you got to really work for it. These are today. the moments that this exercise is carved out for, where it's like, yeah, like yeah. my gut instinct is like fucking nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's what my brain says. No, you got to you got to dig for it. You got something in there. Okay. Um, hmm. Boy, I can we, I can lead us if you need a minute. Yeah, go ahead, because we just uh, we just canceled our Vegas trip, so that's not tight. That is not no. bringing me joy. I canceled the tour today. That felt real shitty. That sucked. I kept I kept getting email notifications whenever someone's ticket got refunded, so I was just like every ten seconds watching fifteen dollars go away, and then I turned off the email on my phone. I was just gonna say I would have ended that <laughs> instantly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let that fire burn yeah. without me being present for it. After that happened a couple hundred times, I uh, I was I was good. That's, Didn't need uh, any more of that. That's enough of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you should you so, should steer us. Okay. Uh, I have found, and I I know you have been telling me for years, but I'm slow to watch Trailer Park Boys. 
and mm. I finally I finally dove in uh, last week after finishing the Good Place. Yes, and boy, is it is it just a treasure of a television show? <laughs> Actually, I. I might join you on this one and say one of the things that brought me joy was our ability to send back and forth this week both quotes from the show and compilation videos of things that mm-hmm. have happened in the show. Because yeah, I think many many sounders will be introduced in the next few weeks. So oh, yeah. Sor- sorry in advance. But that was a thing that I was never able to do before because I think I was always like, bro, I think you like it. I think you like it. And then... Well, I do. N- now we're going back and forth with fucking... Bubbles memes and fucking Mr. Leahy compilations and <laughs> dude, Bubbles is a top five for sure all time TV character for me already, and I'm on season. Well, I'm on season six after like a wow. week and a half. <laughs> wow! So here's the oh, thing. Oh wow, you really have been getting it in, bud. There's... I've had a I've had a lot of work recently that doesn't require a my full attention. Or B, my ears. Uh, so usually I can't like listen to or do other things while I'm working. Right, right, right. Uh, but I work by myself at home most of the time. So like theoretically I could be. And in the last week and a half, two weeks, it's probably like two weeks, I've uh, been doing a lot more like reading and writing type of working. Oh, where sure, I can sure. Just, but it's like not super brain engaging. And so I've just been running Trailer Park Boys mm. like – Several hours a day. Just letting it kind of happen around you. Yeah, and every once in a while, you know, I'll I'll give it my full attention and kind of weave in and out. But Yeah, totally, totally. No, that's perfect. I, it's uh, not a super demanding watch. You know, you can kind of, you can give it like 60% of your attention and be just fine. The plot line, like, literally recreates itself at the beginning of every season when they just yes. end up in prison over and over again. And then Correct. it's all about them, like, Correct. trying to get their shit together. So you're not, yeah, you're not, Once like, in a while... I- I'll look up and be like, oh, Ricky's got a different shirt on. I guess it's a new season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, there's for sure never a moment where you're like, how did we get here? Like, no. Right, right. Um, It did bring me joy trading back and forth fucking uh, memes with you this week about that. Oh, I did have another joy moment this week, which was almost another pain moment this week, which I don't think I could have taken another one of. Uh, speaking of phones dying and taking me many with it. L's, bro, many L's, bro. Um, the MacBook Pro, not the one that I'm recording with right now, a different MacBook Pro, the newer MacBook Pro that I own, uh, gave me a black screen of death this week. Just decided to totally shit its pants on me and uh, computer pants. It shit its computer <laughs> pants. And I tell you what, if you haven't lost data recently, boy, that's not a fun thing to have happen. Back that ass up. I do this is need a public to, service announcement to back all your shit up. I do need to back that ass up. Also, for what it's online worth, storage is cheap. Do online, it. Online storage is cheap. I've been recommended Backblaze multiple times. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, or if anyone has any fucking uh, advice on what to use that isn't Backblaze. But hey, if you want to give us advice on how to be better at our lives, you can leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614 or send us an email at highwoodofpodcast.com. And help Boy, me never... howdy, could we use it? Jesus Christ, we could all use a little help today. <laughs> um, but anyway, long story short, when that thing shit its computer pants, I got a call from the Apple store this week. That said, we were successfully able to get in and back your entire hard drive up onto an external hard drive so you can come get it whenever you want. And that was a huge relief because there was like 
a hundred plus gigs of pretty important shit on that computer that I unfortunately had not backed up anywhere, even though I had my other two computers backed up. Just not that one. So anyway, mm. Mm. so was a relief. Was a relief. That is stressful times whenever computer troubles pop up. Yeah, and then you know my computer's dying, the planet's dying, people are dying, <laughs> all of our sports is- are dying. Our pets' heads are falling off. Our pets' heads are falling off. Everything's everything. It is uh, It is sort of freeing in a way when you back your stuff up and your computer just turns back into a computer instead of the place where all your shit lives. Yeah, because you protect it like it's like a bank's bank vault versus just like a hammer. Right. You, you don't You don't got to keep the shit in Gringotts anymore. It's it's just a thing that you can walk into the Apple store and buy another one of if, if all everything goes to hell great harry potter reference i'm really proud of thank you you. i'm almost done by the way speaking of things that have been bringing me joy of the audio with the audiobooks yeah i'm like Mm. halfway through book seven right now uh they just they're they're breaking into to gringotts with uh grip hook or right is that the guy's name spoilers (laughs) 20 year old spoilers but also yes it it is grip hook I put it on pause for like a full week because I, I couldn't listen to, I couldn't bring myself to listen to the part where Dobby gets stabbed to death. Oh, bro. Also spoilers. <laughs> Jesus. Well, good thing we said <laughs> His spoilers. last words are Harry Potter. That's fucked up. Oh, man. Anyway. It's made me sad. Also, sometimes my dog, <laughs> when my dog is like real tired, her ears go sideways instead of straight up and she looks like Dobby. And I just say, Dobby is a free pup because she looks like a fucking, <laughs> she looks like a fucking Dobby pup. I still say Marcy is a free elf every time I let him out of his crate. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a really good one. Oh, speaking of dog memes. Yeah, what up? It's Dad Dog's Ghost Blog. We still talk about dogs on here. Somebody sent me a tweet the other day where someone said, uh, <laughs> if you don't say, if every time your dog stretches, you don't say, oh, big stretch. You're a psychopathic <laughs> killer or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, is that a universal thing? I didn't even yep. realize it. That we all do that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually, mine is more frequently, that's a big stretch for a little dog, even though my dog is not that little. <laughs> but I just like saying that to her because I think it's cute. It is. It's very but, cute. But yes. But yes. Should we talk about some shit? Should we talk about some We have a lot of shit to talk. Space rocks? moon rocks they're all gone that's the whole story they're they're gone they're gone well they're gone because they're in space my g we had no we had them and now they're gone well how could we be so careless we should have put them in gringotts bro we should have put them in gringotts so we yeah we got a couple stories of missing moon rocks i want to i want to start with the um the goodwill moon rocks Goodwill Moon Rocks. Not the store, but like the uh, feeling towards others. <laughs> I was going to say. Although some of them may have ended up at Goodwill, honestly. That's a pretty phenomenal, uh, like, just a phenomenal pickup. If you're crate digging and like surfing for you're, fucking new threads and all of a sudden you find a motherfucking rock you, from you the moon. find part of the moon. Honestly, we could probably do a whole episode on all the wild shit that people have found at thrift stores oh god i want to do even that just episode so bad i know a guy <laughs> get, I, get some behind the scenes goodwill access true 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 anyway these were collected from the moon you know as the, the main the main source of moon rocks as, these days. as moon rocks are often yeah yes 
Um, at the end of the Apollo 17 mission, which was uh, December of 1972. Mm. And the last two people to set foot on the moon, Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt, picked up a like three-ish pound brick-sized rock and brought it back to Earth with them. Were they one brick? One brick of moon rock. One one brick, roughly oh. worth eighteen thousand dollars on the street, <laughs> able to be portioned into smaller bags of moon rock. No, what, wait. Is, what is a brick of coke in weight? Uh, is that is that what it is? It's right. A brick is a kilo. Okay. I mean, so coke? I've oh. heard through all of the rap music <laughs> that I've listened to in my whole lifetime. That's where this originates of course exclusively of course um yeah no the yeah a, a, a brick is a is a kilogram right. so they're so three you said three pounds yeah uh, roughly yeah so that they so broke roughly, it up into little pieces but roughly five kilos yeah is that about right no slightly less than that but yes i don't know could tell you. Sorry, I, I don't everyone, know kilograms to pounds. Yeah, everyone in the UK is. Just we are like, we are dumb Americans. You guys know this by, by now. the UK. I mean, everyone who's not in America. What am I talking? The about? rest of the world. Yeah. Everyone else who has it figured out. You guys use normal systems, and we use American systems. We just gave them cuter names, and ours are generally worse. You know, like oh, how yeah, none yeah. of us have healthcare right now when there's a pandemic <laughs> Ryan, going Ryan, on. Ryan, Sorry, carry Ryan. on. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm like a. I need blinders, man. I need blinders. <laughs> Anyway, so they bring back this uh, this moon rock, and Nixon decides that he's going to break it up into smaller pieces and deliver those pieces to 135 different countries mm. and all 50 states. Mm. So they made uh, 370 total pieces. Where's Minnesota's? I don't know. We could try and track it down, I suppose. Oh, uh, please hold. I mean, don't hold. You keep going. Yeah, you, you I'll Google. Find this. I'll talk. Yeah. So they, they sent two uh, pieces of moon rock on plaques. So they like they have a wooden plaque and then a, like a plastic bulb over this piece of moon rock. And they gave two of them to 135 different countries and 50 states. So there were 370 of these things total. And uh, 270 of them went to other countries and 100 of them stayed in the U.S. Of these 370... 184 of them are either lost, stolen, or otherwise unaccounted for. That's far too many. That's well that, over half. Uh, it's actually one less than half, but Wait, math what, has never been our strong suit. What was the total number? 184 out of 370 oh, are missing. Sorry, I was thinking 307. Okay. I That math I can do for sure. I was just <laughs> thought the number was different. Uh, yeah, roughly roughly half of these things went missing. That's too many. And, Y'all got to yeah. be more careful with your moon rocks. Well, some of them were like lost, and some of them were for sure stolen. And this guy, Joseph Guthines, a former NASA employee and now lawyer and uh, professor, has become known as the moon rock hunter because in 1998 he decided he was going to go find these missing moon rocks. What a badass. And he started by setting up an undercover sting operation called Operation Lunar Eclipse. And his first step was to literally place a classified ad in the USA Today 
saying that he wanted to buy moon rocks y'all to got, try and get to try and trick people into selling him moon rocks. Hey, y'all got that moon? Y'all got that good moon? You <laughs> <laughs> just walking up and down Hennepin downtown. Hey, y'all need y'all got some moon? I'm looking for some moon. Y'all got moon? So, quote from Joseph. What I did not anticipate was that a person with the real thing would call me. So he was trying to find people, I guess, selling fake ones. Okay. I don't really under, like if his goal was to find them, find the actual moon rocks, and he didn't think this was going to get people with actual ones to call him. I'm not sure why this was the strategy, but anyway, <laughs> someone, someone who actually owned a real one, did call him. Maybe, maybe he was like. Maybe he was like, eh, look, just like to play it safe, we're just going to like throw an ad out there to kick things off and then we'll get down to the real work. And then he was like, oh, holy shit, it worked. (laughs) Somebody really fucking called me. Get the fuck out of here. You don't say. So he gets a call from someone who has roughly one gram of the moon Mm. and he offers to sell it to Joseph for five million dollars. Now... Steep. That's like, yeah. uh, don't they always say that Red Bull is the most expensive per volume, like, liquid on the planet? It's like, oh, because it's like, because it's like 40 cents an ounce or something. Yeah. That's, or whatever a can of Red Bull costs. Look, I'm just saying $5 million for a gram is a lot more expensive than that. That's, yeah, not too many things go for five milligram. Yeah. That's, that's far above street prices for moon. So he, so Joe goes to the feds and says, hey, I need $5 million to buy a gram of the moon from this guy named Al on Craigslist. And they said, no, you don't. So his backup plan was to ask Ross Perot for $5 million to buy a gram of the moon from a guy named Al on Craigslist. And Ross, and Ross was Ross like, Perot, giddy up. Ross handed over a briefcase with $5 million in it. God bless him. Well, for Ross Perot, like... Ross Bro fucking uses like a skeet shooting machine to shoot five million dollar like chunks grams. of briefcase. <laughs> like five million dollar grams. Ross Bro puts five million dollars in a briefcase, runs it through a skeet shooting machine, and just blasts it with fucking shotguns. And he's like, mm, it was a good day. Oh, holy shit, he's dead. Ross Bro's for sure dead. Recently, though, just last year. Oh, was it just last year? Feels like it was longer yes. than that. But then again, the last 24 hours feel like 70 years. Sorry, blinders, blinders, blinders. (laughs) Hey, I found our moon rock, by the way. I'm looking at a picture of the Minnesota one right now, and it's uh, kind of fucking sweet. Where is it? Uh, I don't have like a... We should have two, actually. What? uh, Wait, two samples? Yeah, there were two that went to every state. Hmm. This says... Where's the one that you found? Well... So this actually gives kind of a lot of context to where some of this shit may have gone. This is from a, this is from a Star Tribune article, which is our local paper here, uh, from 2012 that says, okay. Moon rocks from mankind's first landing more than 43 years ago have been discovered tucked away in a government storage area in St. Paul, and officials huh. are at a loss to explain how they ended up there. F- well, wait, from the first moon landing? So this would have been a different set of samples. Because the ones we're talking about came from Apollo 17, so three years later. Are we... Hmm. 
There were moons. There were moon rock or lunar samples taken from other Apollo missions, but these specific Goodwill plaques were all from came from one sample taken from Apollo seventeen. This said, well, here uh, th- this says. Um, the five encased rocks, little more than pebbles, are part of a desktop display that includes a small state of Minnesota flag that was among the 50 oh. from every state that made the trip aboard Apollo 11. Each state huh. received a moon rock display from President Richard Nixon to commemorate the mission that put Neil Armstrong on the lunar surface on July 20th of 1969. Oh, I wonder if the flags went to the moon on Apollo 11, but the rock samples were sent by Nixon to commemorate the initial trip, but the actual samples were from a later trip. That could be. I don't know. The Apollo, because it sounds like we're describing the same thing. Yeah. The Apollo 11 moon rocks were found amongst military artifacts in a storage area at the Veterans Service Building in St. Paul, said Army Major Blaine R. Ifert, former state historian for the Minnesota National Guard. Quote, when I searched the Internet to find additional information about the moon rocks, I knew we had better find... We we had to find a better means to display the artifact. Okay, so it looks like the yeah, Minnesota... No shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> display... Uh, they were in a closet. We were displaying it to the anybody who went into that closet. We should do that better, maybe, I think. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they're with the Minnesota Good Historical call, Society, uh, which means they're at the museum for the Minnesota Historical Society. Uh, the plaque says, just for what it's worth, is I think the- this is cool. This, this flag of your state was carried to the moon and back by Apollo 11, and this fragment of the moon's surface was brought to Earth by the crew of that first manned lunar landing. First manned lunar landing is what it says. That's a tough sentence. Sorry. Don't no, got you, it in you me. you did a great job. That no, was I, just not an easy sentence. I, go, I goofed. I goofed it up. Um, you did a anyway, great job, bud. That's where, that's where, that's so where ours now, ended up. It's now displayed publicly? It appears it is now displayed publicly at the Minnesota Historical Society. After surviving its time in the closet under the stairs? In in St. Paul. <laughs> yes. On, yeah. on Privet Drive? On Privet Drive. Yes. And getting yelled at by its its parents, the big, bigger we're, rocks. We're lucky that Dudley didn't eat it. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> anyway, so Ross Perot, uh, going back to our story, agrees to put up the $5 million to buy this black market moon rock off of a guy named Al. And... Al uh, meets this uh, meets Joe Guthans in a bank vault in Miami to make the exchange. Fantastic! In case we didn't have enough drug references in, already. In case that in case there was any questions on whether or not this is actually a drug deal. Yeah. Wait. Quick question for you: Was this like was this illegal? And was Ross Perot fronting the money as a way to like help catch this guy? Like, this wasn't like Ross Perot was like, sick, let me get some moon for the crib. No, Ross Perot knew that he was, he was basically bankrolling this federal operation. Uh, Got it. As a means to help, like, re-identify where these things are and get them back in the right hands. Yeah, so he's... Got it. the, The feds were like, no, we can't give you five million cash. Because we don't have that and can't afford to lose it. Right. Even though we know you're not going to actually give it to this guy, we're going to apprehend him when you meet up. We yep. can't have random NASA employee guy walking around with five mil of cash that we don't have in the first place. Right, 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 right. So Ross Perot said, yeah, whatever, five million, great. Can I get it back afterwards? Cool. 
If not, whatever, so, I still don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And so they meet up in this bank vault, and uh, U.S. Customs had agents posing as bank employees mm. who actually made the arrest and seized the Moonrock uh, before money and Moonrock were exchanged. Got it. And they learned when they seized it that it was actually the Honduras uh, Goodwill Moonrock from Apollo 17 slash maybe 11, according to the Pioneer Press. So the substance was trafficked from Central and South America to (laughs) Miami to then be sold inside of a bank vault. By by the gram. Got it. Got it. Correct. Just just keeping track of the facts. That's all. Um, another Central American moon rock showed up in a weird place under less than uh, legal circumstances. Mm. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Under uh, suspicious circumstances. Mm. It showed up in... Okay, so this says Apollo 11 fragment. So th- there must have been samples from both missions, I guess. Yeah. Because now the same article I'm reading from says that the Nicaraguan one was from Apollo 11. The Honduran one was from Apollo 17. Maybe it was a combo platter. Maybe they didn't have enough. Or maybe it was one of each because they sent two to every country. This article that I was reading that Star Tribune chunk from says that there were 193 lunar rock gifts from the Apollo 11 mission. So maybe we gave like... It's like roughly one of each. Maybe. Yeah. Uh just for the record, my info is coming mostly from an article called What Happened to NASA's Missing Moon Rocks um, from BBC. Word. Anyway, so this um, Nicaraguan one shows up in Las Vegas in the possession of casino mogul Bob Stupak, who claims that he bought it from a Baptist missionary who had somehow obtained it while in Costa Rica. You know he obtained it by some dude at the high rollers table just fucking... <laughs> he had already lost his watch. He had already lost his, like, Armani glasses. Well, let let like, me run home real quick and get the moon. I'll be right back. That's all I got left, bro. I want I want the moon on black. I mean, if it's worth $5 million, apparently. That would be one way to do it. Be one, uh, for, one way for to get it's real worth, rich. Joseph Guthines, uh, the the moon rock guy... Moonrock Hunter said that five million was a quote reasonable price for a gram of the moon. Baller. Don't know how he's determining that. I'm not sure what the market is, but I can't imagine there Joe, even it, is one. Well, I mean, if there's 180 of them out there, there's some sort of market. I mean, they're obviously changing hands. But it's but isn't it illegal to own it though? So. Maybe like, can anyone can, could we, could we get that patreon.com slash what if podcast up to the point where we all just like buy a collective chunk of moon and we just like pass it around for a year. I mean, there are, you can buy meteorites on eBay right now if you want. And if you find a meteorite, you're allowed to keep it. I believe. I, I think that's true too, but that's different though. Right. Cause it like, it literally like it, falls from the sky into your field. If you're a farmer Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think now there are starting to be laws about, uh, like, natural resources from space and from asteroids and stuff. Mm. I don't know if there were in 
the 60s and 70s. Sure, there sure, was sure. A, there was a treaty, though, about the moon that, like, no one could stake claim to it. I don't know if that extends to scientific samples or commemorative samples, I guess, in this case. Well, look, if it's nobody's, then it's anybody's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, yeah, Jay Rock. <laughs> yeah, that I mean. <laughs> now I'm seeing... <laughs> But like, sip, 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 <laughs> but like really though, like if it's like, no, if, if nobody can own get it, you just got to get there. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, especially in the seventies, there weren't a whole lot of people capable of getting to the moon. <laughs> I like, I like the actual rule. Look, it's your moon. If you can get it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what it was for forever. That's true. It's true. It's true. And if. Yeah, Google uh, Moon Treaty while I wrap up this this story real quick. Lit. I guess that was mostly it, but they uh, this moon rock hunter guy um, has now in the past, so he started this in 98, so in the last 22-ish years. Yup. He has every year uh, proposed this to his students as a challenge to be like, see if you can go find... These moon rocks, I know that there are 180 plus of them out there. Uh, if you want to fund like extra credit projects, see if you can track one down. That just and, seems like that just seems like a fucking that like that should be a private investigator class for kids. Well, I don't think he's encouraging them to like go try and make black market deals with people. I mean, listen. he's not not encouraging them to do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's explicitly saying to do that, uh, but they've tracked down, they think, about 50 of them. Not like they're in possession of them, but they think they've identified where 50 of the missing 184 probably are. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good record. That's a pretty including, good record. Including one that is in an Irish landfill. Uh, how'd they know? Because, Did they find it? Well, Did they get it? No. No, mm. although people have looked, uh, there were one of the Irish samples, the Apollo 11 one, was kept at an observatory in Dublin that burned down in the 70s. Okay. And the uh, debris, the rubble from what was left of the building, got taken to a landfill, and there. 99% sure that this sample was in the debris that was dumped in this landfill. Sure, sure, sure. 40-ish years ago. Sure, sure, sure. 45, well, whatever. That makes, I mean, I think it makes slightly more sense to me, like, thinking about wanting to go into that dump and get it, because having seen this photo, I'm like, well, it looks like they kind of, like, encased them. Like, they're not just, like, they're not just, like, loose... In like a, in like a, I don't know what the word is. They're not like loose in a frame. They're like, it's almost like they casted them in like a clear. It's a, it's a ball of lucite on a wooden plaque. Let's go. Lucite. What I don't is, know what that is, but that's what it is. So I mean, the, it looks I like mean, a clear a, ball with like some chips of the moon inside of it. Like yeah. the Minnesota it, one has five distinct like moon chips. In a fire where the building is leveled, the wooden plaque is probably not surviving. Um, yeah. And I don't know what how what lucite is or how it responds to flame. 
Well, if lucite but, is something that you can wrap in a sphere around your moon chips, it's something you can. It's something you can like melt or like starts as a liquid and then hardens, or, right? I don't. I don't fucking know. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but like, not really. <laughs> but like, do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying. I'm saying you can't. You can't put five pieces of moon inside of lucite if it's not something that either starts as a liquid or is a solid that you can melt and then harden again you can't shove a rock inside a rock is what i'm saying well yeah you could you just need a lot of heat to shove a rock inside a rock yeah or a hole We've 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 (laughs) gone off the rails (laughs) anyway there's somewhere in the uh, finglas landfill in dublin there is a pebble worth roughly $5 million if you find the right buyer. Okay, so we have had a lot of UK listeners be like, hey, you guys should for sure come do a show. And I think it'd be really funny if we just got like two fucking lawn chairs and set them up on top of a dump <laughs> and did a live episode from this fucking landfill. <laughs> and then it's gonna- afterwards, it's just a squad party to see if we can all make $5 million together. And whoever comes, we split the profits evenly. So if there's like, you know... Sick. Uh, Six of us. If there's five of us, we all get a million dollars. See, I had to, I had to make the math as easy as possible. I was trying to challenge you. It's okay. Yep. Nope. There, there I went, was. I edited it for my personal <laughs> well-being. There has been exactly one known authorized sale of lunar material, and that was in 1993 when the Russians sold some material gathered from their Luna 16 mission which was not a manned mission, but they collected some samples at Sotheby's in New York uh, where an anonymous buyer paid $442,000 for 0.2 grams of lunar dust. Okay. Okay. So roughly half a million for 0.2 grams translates to roughly 5 million for a gram. So... So there is a Our guy Joe is probably about right. There is a market and it is defined. Yeah. Well, huh. I mean, it's with a sample size of one, but yes. Right, right. From an anonymous buyer. Maybe it was that Al dude, who knows. The thing about that that's so crazy to me is like who who has enough money to spend a half a million dollars on the moon and just be like Ross Perot. That's true. But like 0.2 grams, that's like borderline not visible. Rich people are really rich, Ryan. That's true. Like, really rich people are, like, really rich. <laughs> Even, like, just, like, kind of rich people. Like, Nick Cage has spent, like, $100 million on just some of the dumbest shit you can imagine. I, a, I want to know that entire list. B, okay. how do you know that? <laughs> I'd be on the internet sometimes. I'd be on the internet, bro. Nick Cage purchases oh we're doing this for sure right now yeah here we go i spelled i spelled purchases wrong and google still got me there uh this is a cnbc article called nick cage blew 150 million dollars on a dinosaur skull pygmy heads and ah fuck your fucking website god damn it i don't care a hundred and fifty million dollars on a dinosaur skull pygmy heads and two european castles so he's just so, as weird as we all think he is. Yes. He bought a nine-foot-tall burial tomb, which is amazing. He he has a like a pyramid that he's gonna be buried in. Oh um an he, octopus. He's gonna become the national he's gonna become the national treasure, bro. 
You gotta find Ryan, where he's buried. Ryan, Nick Cage bought an octopus. Shrunken pygmy heads. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Okay. $150,000 Superman comic. I would much rather own a part of the moon than a comic book. And yeah. a 70 million year old dinosaur skull, which he later had to return to the Mongolian government. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Wait. Uh, did he did he like yo, did... You... Go ahead. Sorry, I need to interrupt real quick. Do it. Quote Nick Cage is quoted in this article. Oh. What's an octopus cost? $80? You're not going into dire straits buying octopus. Wow. 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 What a sentence. <laughs> what an absolute marvel of a sentence. Uh, fuck. You Nick know, Cage went through a pyramid where all he was doing is, quote, meditating three times a day and reading books on philosophy. I started finding, I started following mythology and I was finding properties that aligned with that. So he started buying like crazy ass properties. Oh, like based on their location or their like philosophical On some like value. Aleister Crowley shit. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, uh, so he bought a castle for, three castles for $10 million, $2.3 million and $15.7 million. Bro, Nick Cage bought the moon, man. You know he did. Um... Yeah, man. You know he did. You know he bought he that point two grams, and he chopped that motherfucker up into a couple little baby rails, and he had a fucking. Moon. I mean, he went broke buying castles and heads, so but I wouldn't put it past him. He had a moon in your nose party for like him and one other person, <laughs> and that was the extent of it. God damn. So that's all I got on the uh, the samples, the sample plaques being stolen. Fan. Do you want to guide us through our our second? Lunar heist? I certainly can. That would be lovely. All right. Well. Because it, it turns out in the uh, in take one of this podcast. hey yo, Because our whole week has been just real trash. Speaking of peaks trash. behind the curtain, y'all. Uh, yeah, sorry we're late. It's a variety of, of dog shit reasons. Everything's fucked. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Anyway, we learned earlier this week on the night that we usually record that we have two extremely different versions of this story and that yours is probably much more accurate. So I'm going to let you take the lead on this one and I'll chime in with my probably fictional version afterwards. I'll steer, but I do. Yeah, I do think we have to come back around to the probably fictional version because. Oh, absolutely. I, probably... I just think you, the, the true one should probably be the dominant one for the next 20 minutes here. OK, let's do it. So, uh, the, the, like, I think, you know, we talk about who knows how these things, the, the gift moon rocks went places, whether through like people being dismissive or just careless or like small time thieves or whatever, whatever. Good uh, investments. Honestly, I bet they didn't pay 5 million to get it off the dude in Nicaragua who had it. Preach. Preach. I'll give you a hundred grand. Great, take this plaque off my wall. Cool, catch you on the flip side when I'm a when I'm a millionaire, right? Um, but there was a significantly more, uh, I'll say, concerted effort to steal moon rocks, uh, executed by a gentleman named Thad Roberts. Uh, in he sounds like a '50s football coach. Great, great comparison. Like it. He he sounds Not like wrong. he told a bunch of like twenty three year olds with leather helmets how to run draw plays. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. I don't think you're wrong. 
Thad Roberts was a uh, a young man, college uh, college age. He was a certified pilot and a scuba diver. Uh, smart guy, got good grades, and he, he was an offensive line coach. And you're not convincing me differently. <laughs> Uh, at the time, in 2001 and 2002, he was attending the University of Utah, pursuing a triple major in physics, geology, and anthropology. Okay, maybe he was a, like a quarterback's coach, but and <laughs> that's as high as I'm going. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did Thad Roberts want to be an astronaut. Um, Offensive coordinator, maybe. <laughs> Are they, is this your stack rank? Are you just upgrading him slightly over time? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so Thad in his uh, senior year at the University of uh, of Utah applies to an internship program at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. And uh, for what it's worth, I'm getting I'm getting my stuff from. I watched a documentary on this called Million Dollar Moon Rock Heist, which you should totally watch because it's great. And then a few details from a Ben Mesrick book called Sex on the Moon, which will make sense shortly. My um, nonsense version comes directly from Thad Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> An interview with him. All right, yes. Through um, a series of interviews with yes. him for Gizmodo. So, um, so Thad through his work uh, as an intern at Johnson Space Center, befriends a couple different people there. One, uh, a Tiffany Fowler, who's another intern there, and also a fellow classmate uh, whose name was Gordon McHorder, which is just... No, it was not. Truly a phenomenal name. That is not a real name. In my head. Um, And through the process of them all working together and going to school together, Thad starts to talk about how cool it would be to have a moon rock. And as you might imagine, at the NASA Space Center, or excuse me, NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston, uh, they have plenty of those. I would say many moon rocks, bro. More than most places. More than most, more moon rocks than most places uh, exist at Johnson Space Center. Except the moon. Except the moon. The moon is still in first. Still still strong lead on places that have moon rocks is the moon <laughs> itself. Um, so Thad Roberts, again, just becomes fascinated with the concept of moon rocks, the volume that they have there, uh, and starts casually saying to uh, his wife at the time, uh, who, do you have her name? I don't have her name in my She's notes. She's not, she... Shockingly, was not named in the uh, the stuff that I read. Yeah, well, I mean, she didn't actually participate in the heist as much as she was, like, she was adjacent to him, but like never got in trouble for it. Um, also, Thad and Tiffany were were banging, and uh, they were his having, wife didn't know about that. They were definitely having an affair. Um, some would say that Thad started the affair with Tiffany to get her assistance that's fucked in this process he says he did it for love barb that's fucked <laughs> barb that's fucked great look at these references just pouring out <laughs> um so there was a senior scientist at uh at Johnson Space Center who went who went by the name whose name was Everett Gibson, who had a laboratory in the basement underneath the main vault where most of the moon rock samples are held. So 
at Johnson Space Center, they have the the vast majority of all of the moon rock samples kept in these uh, like nitrogen um, sealed like plexiglass boxes where you could only like handle them by using those. You got the, the cool gloves that are built into the walls yeah, of the boxes. Yeah, that one. Yes, exactly. Like in the X-Files. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but in the, so, so yeah, so there's like a double lock. You got to have the code, the two separate codes be put in by two separate people at the same time to get the door open vault with like the nitrogen sealed boxes. And it's like extremely secure and intense upstairs in the vault. But Everett Gibson, who Thad befriended, had a lab in the basement where he had significantly smaller samples that he was using for his own personal research and had been researching for the last 30 years in 2002 at that point. There were his persistent samples that he had been doing, you know, consistent research on and breaking off pieces and looking at under microscopes and writing papers and getting feedback you know, science and, stuff you know science stuff writing <laughs> more papers and papers and whatnot yeah you know what smarter people did, than me do did you learn anything uh in your viewing and reading about like a useful scientific lifespan of the moon rocks well the, i can't i can't remember specifically now but i, I remember coming across something that about like after a certain amount of handling even under the most careful uh conditions that there's like they eventually become contaminated to a point where they're not uh useful samples anymore in a in a scientific sense yeah i i did hear about that i didn't see a specific timeline i'm sure it like you you can't put a you can't put a number of like days or years on it just based on like it totally depends on how much it's handled and like the conditions it gets handled under. I did, I did see though that like um, the samples in Everett Gibson's laboratory, which by the way, were kept in a 600 pound locking safe, but like, like it was a safe, but it was also like a, um, like a file cabinet, like, like a really intense file cabinet, basically. Um, Gibson, had this file cabinet safe with these vials in it and the vials were nitrogen infused. So it was like, I think as long as they are kept in an, in an, in a nitrogen dense environment, they're fine or like they stay for a long time. I don't know. I was just wondering if these were still scientifically useful samples. Like if there was still more information that could have been, uh, acquired from, working with them or if they had been sort of retired, so to speak. No, they were, they were still valuable because he was still working on like current research on them in 2002 when they were stolen. Got it. So, uh, Gordon McWhorter and Thad and Tiffany concoct this idea to go, Hey, look, we've seen Everett Gibson's samples in his safe. Thad thinks he's actually seen Everett open the safe by looking at like a card on top of the safe, like picked it up and looked at it to open it to then like show a, like him a card, like an index card or like maybe okay. even like one of those cards that you tuck into the little like title, like, you know, you know, on some of those file oh. cabinets, you got that little front piece so where you can pl- slide yeah, a yeah. card in that like yep, tells yep, you yep, whatever's yep. in there. Uh, something like that where he pulled a card out, looked at like some numbers and then put it back to open it up. 
so he basically proposes to these two, hey, look, we've got access to this. What if we just went in and grabbed some samples and sold them and made a bunch of money? Yeah. So go ahead. Do we, do we think they knew how valuable they were? Um, yes, but I don't know to what extent they knew they were valuable. I think... Like, do you think they knew they were stealing millions of dollars worth of stuff? Yes, for sure. Okay. Because, because for sure their goal was like to get rich. Like the idea was like, we know these are super valuable. I don't know if they knew how valuable they were, but they like the goal was to to make money off of this process. I suppose at some point a felony is a felony too, right? You know, you might as well make a count. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. Um, look, look, none of this is legal advice. <laughs> we are idiots. We're talking about stupid things yes. that aren't real. Yes. Carry on. Um, so, but before they steal them, they want to know whether or not they have a buyer for what they might steal. So Thad asks Gordon. Not the worst idea. Yeah. So Thad asks Gordon to kind of go, you know, snoop around on the internet and see if he can (laughs) stir up a buyer for some moon. Yo, y'all need that moon. Uh, And that's literally what he does. So Gordon McHorder, it's so fun to say. Just I would have got, what's his last name? McHorder. Like someone who keeps too many things? Uh, McDonald's at the beginning? It's M-C-W-H-O-R-T-E-R. Horter. Horter. Gordon like McHorter. Hort, like Horton hears a who, but... Yes. But it's very hard the, to say the T when you say the whole thing. You'd have to be like, Gordon McHorter. Mc, Gordon McHorter. Gord, Gordy McHorter. Gordy is Gord, pretty good. Gordon McHorter. Yeah, okay, anyway. Uh, Sorry. Gordon Gordon poses as... He's doing vocal warm-ups over here. <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> the human torch. Um... He poses as a man named Orb Robinson, as if his (laughs) own name wasn't wild enough. Orb. 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 First name Orb. O-R-B. Yes. Get the fuck out of here. The moon is is an orb, bro. Many orbs. And he he be robbing it. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Orb Robinson. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You know that's what it was. We out here orb robbing, son. <laughs> Fucking up that moon real good. We orb robbing, son. God damn. I'm never... Grave robbing? No, we orb robbing, son. Oh, my God. I'm never going to think of anything else from, from now on. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, apparently this orb Robinson... posts on a message board. Yeah, orb Robinson posts on a message board uh, for, like... Mineralolo- minera- <laughs> mm. Mineralogists. It's the worst. Min- mineralogists? But it's not mineralogist because it's mineralogist. So it's mineralogist. Mineralogist. Yeah. Mineralogist. Mineral- or if you want to accent the O like a weirdo. Miner- but it's not mineralogist because it's an A. Mineralogist? Miner. <laughs> I hate Mineral, it. Mineral, so just shut the fuck up and you keep going. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'll just shut. Da da. That was good. <laughs> um, they also emailed a couple individual rock collectors who they thought might be interested in this process, and they get in touch with a Belgian amateur who I don't know why they call him an amateur because he's like kind of like known as a rock dealer guy out there. 
named Axel Emmerman. And as soon so as so many strong names in this, story. very strong names. Axel Emmerman sounds like a, a protagonist in a in a sounds great movie. Sounds rich as fuck. Also, this um, Axel Emmer- Axel Emmerman is like, hey, I'm pretty sure it's not legal to sell pieces of the moon, and I don't know where you got this from, <laughs> but I'm going to snitch instantly because this is not this is not what this Siri, is supposed call to be. the police. Uh oh, uh oh, don't do it. Sorry, <laughs> you were talking over. I, no, I intentionally talked over you to say it so it wouldn't fuck up anybody's phone. Perfect. Um, and so Axel Emmerman just FYI's the FBI and says, Hey guys, I think you might want to know about this. And they go, yes, we do. Can you please introduce us? And so Axel Emmerman <laughs> introduces himself as moonbuyers.biz. <laughs> God. Oh, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> I was roasting you in the Facebook group the other day, by the way, I felt bad. Cause I don't think you saw it. Uh, but somebody, somebody tried to go to your actual website and it's like not online. I guess. And is uh, it my old website when I used yeah, to go probably. buy a homeless? Yeah, probably. Oh well, that'll do it. And I was like, this this motherfucker. He's got three thousand joke donate domain names, but he can't keep his own website online. I do have many joke domains. <laughs> Most of them <laughs> so, just go to whatifpodcast.com for what. It's I expect worth. you to buy moonbuyers.biz by the end of this episode and redirect it to whatifpodcast.com. <laughs> God, I might. I'll, yep. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> We'll yeah, see. We, we know. We know. <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, Axel introduces the FBI via email to Orb Robinson, which is really just Thad and Gordon and Tiffany, as his sister-in-law, Lynn. So the FBI creates a fake email address. Uh, Axel says, hey, I'm not interested, but my sister Lynn actually probably would be. I'd like to connect to you all. And then Lynn and Orb Robinson go back and forth for over a month on, hey, there's a need for discretion here. Hey, how, how much, much moon you, you got? How much moon you got? Hey, how much moon you want? Uh, I don't know. What's a, what's some moon cost these days? Like they go through all <laughs> of this back and forth uh, trying to figure out like whether or not this is going to happen. And they succeed in getting a deal done and agree to meet in Orlando, Florida, for the uh, sale and transfer of the moon. And so on... uh, Have have we told the part where they steal it yet? No, that's what I was just going to say. Okay, cool. (laughs) And so on June... uh, I can't remember what day it was. June... June. That's close enough. Who cares? It was like late June, end of June uh, of 2002. Tiffany and Thad... Uh, Gordon did not come with them, used their badges on a Saturday late at night to, I guess it's not really breaking in, but they went into the Johnson Space Center. To gain uh, access to? To gain access to Everett, um, uh, what was the professor's name? I missed it. Um, Everett Robbins? No. Everett Gibson. Uh, Everett, Dr. Everett Gibson's laboratory. And Thad goes up to the safe to try to grab the card with the numbers on it, thinking he's got the the safe combination in front of him, and it's not. It's an algorithm that Dr. Uh, Everett Gibson has written down to help him remember the combination. But if you are not smart enough to be Dr. Everett Gibson, you don't know how to solve it right away, which means you don't have the combination. Or if you just don't know the specific reference that he knows. Exactly. Yeah. 
or yeah. or maybe the the it, some it, sort of like mathematical uh, what's the word mnemonic device. Yes, or maybe it spits out six numbers, but you don't know if that's a four number or a four twist combination or a three twist combination with twos sure. or one or two digit numbers, one digit numbers, whatever, whatever. Anyway, they're like, shit, we're fucked. We can't get it, but we're already in here. And so instead of giving up and just leaving, they decide to grab a dolly from the hallway, shove it underneath the 600 pound safe and take the whole fucking thing out with them and shove it in the uh, back of their Jeep Cherokee. Real quick, I, I forgot I was going to chime in with Thad's version from time to time. Mm-hmm. In, Th- in Thad's version, they're in scuba suits fucking Catherine Zeta-Jones in their way through laser mazes, and there's no oxygen in this room, so they have scuba tanks uh, and uh, breathing apparatuses on. Fantastic. And there are, and there are heat sensors, uh, which is why they have the wetsuits on to like contain their body heat. And they got the code to the door using some like weird chemical compound that glows under blacklight and shows the buttons that were most recently pressed because it interacts with the oil from people's fingertips. Yeah, he, his version is is some like full-on Mission Impossible shit that is also probably completely false. Yeah. yeah. He, apparently, everyone who knew him said that he seemed to be a pretty audacious, pretty over-the-top pretty uh thought he was james bond thought he was a like pretty slick dude kind of guy so it doesn't surprise me if he maybe embellished some details for his interviews later on um but this he also had like lots of years in jail to think about how to tell this story sure did and and was trying to sell a book when he got out sure did and the documentary i watched just interviewed the people who collaborated with him and all of the FBI agents who found it. And none of the stuff that he says in his interviews is talked about in that documentary. Yeah. So take we do know that the, it's worth. that the building that they were taking this stuff from though had, was like pretty sophisticated in the way it was constructed. Totally, totally true. It just, the way that they make it sound in the documentary is like they worked there. So they had access badges to basically right. go through the doors they needed to go through to get to the place where this thing was. And they were just going to open the drawers and pull the shit out, but then they couldn't open the drawers. So they ended up carrying this thing all the way out of the place, which is obviously way more likely to be what actually happened. Totally. Um, I just thought I, I was reading a little about like the, the extent uh, to which this this building 31 building 31 north um is like it uh, there are huge clean rooms that are built to like 100 uh like clean 100 which is like 100 particles per million or billion or something and the vault itself that this stuff is kept in has a uh like airtight watertight seal and door mm-hmm. that is built to withstand a, a thousand years of water submersion damn and the vaults are built are elevated above the level of like potential storm surge sea levels so if there were to be a hurricane or something right uh these these samples would still be safe so like they went to some pretty serious lengths to protect this shit 
Right, right. But right. also, they maybe let some interns just walk in and steal all of it. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like, that's the crazy part is like, it seems like it's like, hey, this shit is super on lockdown. But also, somehow, this happened pretty easily, so... It's, it was like very... They went to extreme lengths to protect it against any natural causes. Right. And and it sounds like very... They did very little to prevent employees from just taking it home. Totally. <laughs> Which they did. <laughs> or, selling it, or selling it on Craigslist. Yes. Uh, they did take it home. So they took the 600-pound safe. They actually didn't take it home. They took it to a hotel room... And got power and then tools. Fucked on top of it. They yeah, so the story goes they got they got power tools. Uh used Yikes, the power what are they into. <laughs> they were into getting the fucking <laughs> moon rocks out of their goddamn safe. Uh they cut the they cut the pins, they pulled out the moon rock samples. Uh so the story goes, threw them on the bed and made joyful noises to the, their the moon rocks or the power tools to the or moon. both. I meant I meant the people who were making love on the moon rocks themselves. <laughs> that's that's what I meant about joyful. But they noises. also but they also put the a dildo on the end of a electric drill. Well, all right. So it's been <laughs> it's been great. It's been a we're great an hour. Run. We might as well be done. It's been a great run. The, the whole podcast is over. Um, on July twentieth. 2002, the 33rd anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing, a bunch of FBI agents uh, in Orlando, they posed as diners at an Italian restaurant. Uh, <laughs> and just a, just a bunch of fucking feds eating spaghetti. <laughs> fed, fed spaghetti <laughs> with like with Hawaiian shirts on. Um, Dude, fed spaghetti is my new band name for sure. Fed spaghetti is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Put it on the list. Um the title of this article, by the way, is called I Fell Under the Spell of NASA's Most Notorious Thief. It's from The Atlantic uh, from actually not too long ago, February 15th of 2019. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically Thad and Gordon and Tiffany all went to this restaurant in Orlando. They drove there from Houston. They brought the rocks with them. And you couldn't, you couldn't even like find a Corey and Trevor to drop the shit off for you? Yeah, that would have been pretty smart. I, I would have done that. All three of you had to show up? And not only did they all have to show up, but they were uh, telling about how they acquired them into the wire that the FBI agent was wearing (laughs) at the table. (laughs) So they had the full confession in a wire. In fact, there's actually audio in the documentary. If you watch the documentary I referenced earlier, uh, there's, there's audio of Thad saying to the FBI agent who met him, who was posing as Lynn, uh, sure hope you aren't wearing a wire because of everything he had just said into her wire. Unbelievable. I feel like if if you're ever recorded saying, I hope you aren't wearing a wire, you got to multiply your sentence by at least one and a half. You've earned it. You've absolutely earned it. Also, you nothing gotta, is funnier. you got to add like three years minimum. Yes. And like nothing is funnier to me than people who have so much book smarts that they can triple major and like all this ridiculous shit, but so little street smarts that you can't possibly figure out a better way to go about this process. That you went to jail for a decade for taking rocks out of a file cabinet. Yeah. And and admitting it into an FBI agent's wire sitting <laughs> yeah, on a you, table. You barely you barely even needed a trial. Unreal. Unreal. Well um, done, Thad. Well done, Thad. So anyway, yeah, they literally walked out of the uh, walked out of the restaurant, and a 
SWAT team of FBI agents arrested them on the spot, and Thad went to prison for 10 years, and Gordon went to prison for four, <laughs> and Tif- uh, Tiffany did uh, Tiffany did some uh, probation, but wasn't uh, wasn't sentenced to prison time. Oh, you know also what? a Shea would... Sour, uh, um, uh, another intern named Shea Sour apparently had helped them out to some extent as well, but also only did probation. I would take probation in exchange for fucking on the moon. Would you? Absolutely. But like actually being there or just like What do you mean? fucking on like a sample of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean that <laughs> No, I'm saying. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? No, no I, I mean. I say it a lot anyway, but it's going to be so much funnier now cuz you get like yeah, the there's yeah. there's a deeper context here. Uh I mean absolutely literally on the moon like you you could put me away for 10 years if i can go fuck on the moon that you are no no questions asked you are you're a special type you know that (laughs) you're a special man it's not it's not so bad in there they got good dope uh on the moon (laughs) no in jail what they got good dope in jail i I went one one trailer park boys reference too far apparently (laughs) oh got it (laughs) it's fine it's fine uh I, i just wanted to say at least a couple of those years that Thad got were not for directly for the moon rock theft. He got a couple additional years because he had stolen some dinosaur bones. Ah, yes, that did happen. From a archaeological dig in Utah that they found in his apartment when they searched it after he got arrested for stealing the moon rocks. That did happen. So he got a couple of years more than everyone else because he stole a dinosaur. It's kind of, which it, means... It's kind of badass. Which means at one point, a fucking 25-year-old dude from Utah owned more of the moon than anyone else in the world and a dinosaur. I mean, he did something right. I mean, he also did a lot of stuff wrong, but he did something <laughs> right, you know? He's like the Nick Cage. Yeah. He's a Nick Cage wannabe, bro. He He's done more than I have. I'll give him that. I mean, he's done more than I want to do, so... He's been in jail for a lot longer than I have also, but... I'll, he did. I, that's he, what I meant about he's also done a lot of stuff I don't want to do. <laughs> so, God bless, God bless. All right, that feels like a pretty good place to to stop this nonsense. I think so too. Hey, uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for your patience while uh, the word bur- world burns a little bit, and we had some technical difficulties <laughs> this week. And there's just a lot of shit going on. Personal and, difficulties. Uh, yeah, yeah. We appreciate difficulties y'all. with our dif- with our difficulties. Exactly, exactly. We appreciate y'all uh, the love and the and the patience for everybody. The Facebook group is like, hey, are you guys okay? And on Twitter, yeah, uh, I will remember try and do my best in the future to remember to uh, let you know that we have not perished and that we yeah. are just not. Um, the most professional boys from yeah. time to time. Yeah. So life and gets in the way. Every once in a while, every 50 episodes or so, one of them is going to be late. Yeah. But, uh, but I, we try I to be pretty the, good. the care and concern. Totally. The homie Travis uh, was on Twitter who was like, yo, y'all good? Like, take care. And I was like, also, also bro, that. just like knock when you drop my mail off. I'll say hi. That's I'm, true. I'm here. That's how you find out. That's how you know. <laughs> All right. He's still here. And then you could be like, hey, Ryan good too? All right, cool. Catch you on the flip yeah, side. Yeah, right. Uh, no, but anyway, we appreciate the love and the support. Um, if you guys want to continue supporting the show, you can go to moonbuyers.biz. That's M-O-O-N-B-U-Y-E-R-S dot B-I-Z. 
can you also get bmoonbriars.com uh, just for like, uh, mm, nope. you know, I, like moon nope. ice cream? Nope. I've said, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I've spent my, I've spent my fuckery funds for the day on moonbriars.com. Did you really biz. buy that website and redirect it before the end of the episode? Yes. <laughs> I'm 100%. <laughs> I'm staring at it right now. It works. Moonbuyers.biz. <laughs> Fuck with your boy. Uh, I will not. I absolutely will not. Go to moonbuyers.biz. Uh, our shop is there. You can you can cop hoodies and mugs, and you can buy $50 shoutouts on the show. We'll say anything you want. We'll send some well wishes. We'll advertise your podcast or your fucking moon buying business, like whatever. Um <laughs> Leave us an iTunes review. We're getting a lot of them. We're almost up to 500. When we hit 500, we'll do another live episode uh, in the Facebook group and on our Facebook page, which is super fun. You guys can come ask us questions and make fun of us. And I don't know shit else. I, I, I think that's that on that. Okay. Be safe, y'all. Love stay, you guys. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We love you. We'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.